Hallelujah. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. And I want to read it from the Living Bible, if you don't mind. I like the Living Bible because it gives the story the way I, I feel we need to hear it this morning. Hallelujah. The next evening, when Sabbath ended, that was Saturday night, Mary Magdalene and Salome and Mary, the mother of James, went out and purchased embalming spices. Early the following morning, just at sunrise, they carried out, they carried them out to the tomb. On the way, they were discussing how they could ever roll aside the huge stone from the entrance. But when they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, a very heavy one, was already moved and the entrance was open. So they entered the tomb and there on the right sat a young man clothed in white. The women were startled, but the angel said, do not be so surprised. Aren't you looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified? He isn't here. He has come back to life. Somebody say, he has come back to life. Or say like you mean, he has come back to life. The amplifies it that he is risen. <coughs> Sorry, go back. He is risen. He is not here. See, here is the place where you laid him. Hallelujah. The place where you laid him, he is not there. Hallelujah. He is not there. He is risen. Hallelujah. Now go, verse 7, and give this message to his disciples, including Peter. Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. And you will see him there, just as he told you before he died. The women fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered, too frightened to talk. Verse 9 said that it was early on Sunday morning. Oh, somebody said that it was early on Sunday morning. That is why I like the New Living, uh, the Living Bible. It says that it was early on Sunday morning when Jesus came back to life. Pastor Gloria said that after every Friday, there is a Sunday morning. I say after every Friday, there is what? A Sunday morning. Even though weeping may endure for a night, joy comes in the morning. Am I speaking to somebody? Joy comes in the morning and your Sunday morning is here. Somebody say, my Sunday morning is here. If your Sunday morning is here, celebrate your Sunday morning. Oh, I said celebrate your Sunday morning. Celebrate your Sunday morning. Hallelujah. And the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons. She found the disciples wet-eyed with grief and exclaimed that Jesus had, she had seen Jesus and he was alive, but they did not believe 
Amen. Here ends the reading of his holy word. My message for this morning is the mysteries around the resurrection. The mysteries of the resurrection, if you like. The mysteries of the resurrection. Now, when you read the synoptic gospels, when you read uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it tells you what happened. So we all know the story of what happened. You would have to read the book of Acts to the book of Revelation to find out why it happened. Well, I don't know whether you got what I said. What happened is the story of the death and the resurrection. But the why is mysterious. It is not in the what. The why is inside Acts of the Apostles through to Revelation. Because it is hidden in different mysteries. It's hidden in different and mystery is something that is hidden. That when you find it, it unlocks a revelation. How many have read the mysteries of the hidden treasure? How many read Hardy Boys? Nobody. The Hardy Boys, a, it's always a mystery of something, isn't it? The mystery of this, the mystery of that. The mystery. And when they find them, by the time they find the mystery, the book has finished. Because the mystery opens and unlocks everything. It solves the problem. Hallelujah. Somebody once said that, what has somebody's death 2,000 years ago got to do with me? He died. Of course, everybody dies. So what, what, is, what is his death worth to me? I cannot see how his death unlocks something for me. That is why it is a mystery. Hallelujah. And Jesus himself gives us one clue in the why he had to die. And that clue is in John chapter 10, verse 10. The Bible said, the thief cometh not by what? For to steal, to kill, and to destroy but I am come that you may have what? Life and have it more abundantly. Verse 11 is what I'm looking for. He says that the good shepherd is the one that lays his life down for his sheep. Which says that I need to save my sheep. And the way to save my sheep is to lay my life down for them. He said, no one can kill me. No one can kill me. I lay my life down and I take it up again. Which means that it was a purposeful, purposeful suicide. Isn't it? If nobody killed him and he chose to die, then even though people partook in his killing and his death, it was a conscious decision. It was his choice. Because I am the good shepherd. I lay my life down for the sheep. Because I am the door. If the door is not opened, the sheep will never be free. Am I talking to somebody? The door needs to be opened. So I need to lay my life down 
to open the door. And when I open the door, they can walk out and they can be free. In case you are wondering what this door and what this sheep and everything that I'm talking about, let's go back to Genesis chapter 3, where it all started. In Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says that the serpent was more cunning than any other creature. And the serpent went and had a conversation with the woman. Hallelujah. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read it. But the serpent had a conversation with the woman. You see, be careful the type of conversations you have. I say, be careful the type of conversations you have. Because the conversation you have would turn into a thought. And the thought would turn into a feeling. And the feeling would turn into an action. And the action would turn into a habit. And the habit would turn into a character. And the character becomes your destiny. Oh, I don't think you understood what I said. Oh, I don't think you understood what I said. I'm preaching better than you are amening. Hallelujah. Be careful the conversation you have. Because the conversation that the woman had turned into a thought. A fruit desiring to make one wise. It was a good idea. It's a thought. Then the thought, and when she saw, I am in the, the verse, you are somewhere, I'm in somewhere, somewhere. When she saw the fruit, that it was good for food. <sighs> Pleasant to the eyes desirable to eat to make one wise she took it you know a thought becomes a feeling I want to be wise I want to be as God and the feeling turns into an action and she took it and ate it and did not just eat it but she also gave it to what you see where the action becomes repetitive, it becomes a habit. So the habit of giving the forbidden to others is the habit that introduces sin. Am I, am I talking to somebody? Because your actions repeatedly becomes a habit. And the habit becomes a character. And the character will decide where you end up. If you have a character that is a character flaw and you don't deal with that character flaw, that character flaw will bite you at the end. That character flaw will be your destiny. You end up with a character, a, a, a place where those who have that character go to. For instance, if you have a character of stealing and you don't deal with it because you get away with it now and again, stealing and stealing, there's a place reserved for people who steal. Hallelujah. There's a place reserved for those who steal. And so that habit becomes a character and that character will lead you to that destiny, destination where the people who steal go to. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So this particular thing opened the, the, the door. So God comes back and says, what have you done? What is this that you have done? This is not the character I built in you. Who have you been talking to? And the woman said, it was the serpent who beguiled me. 
I, am, I have moved on and you are still in that place. The serpent deceived me and I ate. And you see, once you open the door for the serpent to deceive you, it's a present continuous. Are you with me? So if God has said, okay, I forgive you, sit down in the garden and stay there, what's going to happen? The serpent will keep coming and keep coming and keep coming because man had opened the door for sin. So that sin becomes a habit that is inbred in us. Nobody teaches a child how to steal. A baby who is crawling will start stealing. You see, you'll be eating, the baby will crawl and come. You, the baby will not ask you, can I take some of the food? But she, the baby will put the hand in and put it in the mouth. How many know a baby like that? Hallelujah. Because and nobody teaches a baby how to lie. They just lie. They just sin because the door has been opened. And God said to the serpent, because of you, you being availing yourself for Satan to enter into you to cause this sin to come. Upon your belly shall you crawl all the days of your life. Be careful how you allow Satan to use you. I say be careful because after Satan had used the serpent, Satan left the serpent to carry the can. The punishment was not the devil. The devil is not crawling on his stomach. It's the snake that is crawling on his stomach. Why? Because the snake allowed itself to be used by the devil. Am I talking to somebody? Are you, are you seeing some of the mysteries? And, and so, and so, God says, and you, Eve, I will increase the pain that you bear. And that was not the only punishment. At their, at their point of delivery, I'll increase their pain. Then it says that, and I'll make sure that your desire is to your husband. And your husband will knock your head, will rule over you. That is how come, I don't care how independent you are. I don't care how successful you are. You always want a man. A man. Even those who say, I don't need a man. I don't want to marry. I want to be independent. In the deep down secret of your pillow, you want a man. I don't buy any lady who says, as for me, I won't marry. As for me, you are lying. You are lying. You are lying. Because this one is telling me that you are lying. Your desire shall be for your husband. Your desire will be to a man. And that man will rule over you, whether you like it or not, whether you want it or not, whether you say or not, whether you admit or not, there is a certain part of you that has been put in. It's a curse by God. So that you are never fulfilled. Even when you know the guy is a joker, you still want him. <laughs> Even though you know he's an idiot, you still want him. 
Even though you know he's a hopeless case, you still want him. Why? Because there's a curse there. There's an underlying curse there. A curse is something that holds you and you don't know it's holding you. So you try to move. You think you are moving, but you are not going anywhere. You are still at that place. Hallelujah. Then he goes to the... No, no, he goes to the woman. I haven't finished with the woman. He says, I'll multiply... And then he says that, no, no, go back to the devil. I want to say something about the devil before I come to the man. He says that I will put enmity between you. Remember, he's not dealing with a snake. The snake is a body that the devil, who is a spirit, has had to occupy because under the laws of, 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 of the earth, you cannot come into the earth without a body. So the Bible says, a body has thou prepared for me. Even God had to go through a body. So Satan has had to go through a body. He went to the body of the snake. So when he's talking to the, the serpent, it is not the serpent he's talking to. It is Satan. And he says, I will put enmity between you and who? The woman, not the man. There's a mystery here I want you to see. Between your seed and her seed. Mm. Somebody say, mm. The mm is because women don't have seed. Women have eggs. Men have seed. Men don't have eggs. So when he says that he is giving the, the enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman, it begs the question, what are you talking about? What seed is this? He's saying that I have eliminated the man because he's an idiot. <laughs> I have eliminated him because he doesn't think. How can you be in charge and your subordinate brings you something to eat? And I've told you, I didn't tell the woman, don't eat. I told you not to eat. And the woman comes, you don't even question you don't even show your authority. You just foolishly eat. So you go and sit down. That is the reason why Mary had to take a seat without the man. You missed it. 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 I don't think you got 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 it. Because that idiot had been told to sit down. So, his seed has not been transferred to the woman. So that a virgin who has known no man had to take in seed to bring the war between the enemy, the serpent, and the woman because the man has been eliminated are you getting it so so when 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 he says and he shall bruise your head 
How many know that you can never kill a snake by cutting the tail? How many know that? You can never kill a snake by hitting the middle. The only place you can kill a snake is by the head. Is by attacking the head. When you hit the head, then the other part is just a rope. The other part is just a rope. So it's that you shall bruise the head to kill it. And he shall bruise your heel. Which means that he's under your feet. The best he can do is to just hit your leg. Is to bruise your leg. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in I'm preaching better than the church I'm preaching to. Hallelujah. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Then he goes on to the man, you idiot. I will multiply your sorrow. You have to work to eat. You have to sweat before you can eat. Even I made life easy for you. But you did not, you took things for granted. So, I will make sure that you continuously have to work. As you are growing, tons and tittles are growing. So, you have to eliminate it. Tons and tittles. That is why every man must learn to work every time. At home, you must work. In your marriage, you must work. In your finances, you must work. You must always work. Because if you sit down, tons and tittles will grow. In your ministry, you must keep working. Hallelujah. Because for us, what he has told us to do is that we have to work. You have to work. So even when everything looks okay, still keep working. Hallelujah. There's no garden, as beautiful as it is, that does not need working. Every time your hands must be in the garden, else it will... My, my next door neighbor is a very good gardener. Very, very good gardener. He always makes me look very bad. And he forces me to do the garden. Sometimes he'll knock on my door and say the grass at the back is overgrown, as if I don't have eyes. <laughs> One day, I was in the office working in church. And then my daughter called me, Daddy, Daddy, there's somebody in the garden. There's somebody at the back. She was hiding under the, the, the duvet because somebody was at the back. So I had to drive like, a, like an army, <laughs> like a commando, going to see the thief that was in my garden. I went to the garden trying to find this thief that when I went, my next door neighbor was in the middle of the bush cutting my plants that is overgrown. He has been warning me over the years that he, I should chop this thing. But it's like, when I see the bush, I don't see how I can go in there to chop. And he didn't tell me. Before I read, like, he had chopped everything. Made it so beautiful. But guess what? This neighbor of mine has gone on holiday for seven weeks. So his garden is now looking terrible. And mine is looking nicer because he's not here. Why? Because the curse still works. 
Once you stop working, it overgrows. Once you stop prayer, your marriage begins to suffer. Once you stop working towards your finances, your finances begin to suffer. Once you stop doing what you have to do, things that you don't expect will creep in. Somebody say creeping things. Hallelujah. These things will come forth. So you see, Jesus had to be made manifest to take away this sin problem that the man through his carelessness has allowed the woman to bring into the world. Hallelujah. So, let's go to the story. I wonder why it was the woman that first saw the empty grave. Said, and Mary said to the disciples who were hiding, crying, just like Adam was hiding. Can you see that the, the story is turning around? I have seen Jesus. Come. Let me go and show you. Those spiritual gurus, apostles, they call themselves disciples. The men, they put the women at the back. But when it came to the real cracks of the matter, it was the women who prepared the spice on Saturday night to take it to the grave on Sunday morning. They were the ones that went to see the angel. They were the ones that were told that the tomb is empty. I pray that the women in this room, you will not relegate yourself. I say you will not relegate yourself. Don't put yourself behind. Even when the men say that go behind, don't put yourself behind. Because there is something spiritual about you. There is something, even though you cause the problem, it is through you the problem will be solved. Oh. Oh. It is not true, the men. It's through you. The men, they are just idiots. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you see, if the story had ended at the place of Jesus' death, it wouldn't have been complete. The mystery wouldn't have been solved. We needed the resurrection. We needed the resurrection because there are certain hidden mysteries that the resurrection releases. Hallelujah. Amen. The resurrection was a proof that the problem of sin has been taken care of. Ephesians 6.20 In those days when they were slaves to sin, when you were slaves to sin, and you didn't bother much with goodness. Ephesians 6.20 And what was the result? Evidently Are you, are you there? Have I got the, the, the scripture right? No, I think it's, it's Romans 8, 20 rather.
Romans 8.20. For creation is subjected to fear. In those days when you were slaves, I'm still reading the Living Bible. Slaves of sin, you didn't bother much with goodness. What was the result? Evidently good, evidently good. Since you were you are ashamed now to think about those things you used to do. The things I used to do, I do that no more. For all of them end in eternal doom. Hallelujah. But you are now free from the power of sin and are slaves of God and his benefits to you includes holiness and everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. So what the scripture is saying is that the door was opened, but you needed somebody to go inside and get the sheep out. No one takes my life, but I lay my life down. I am the good shepherd. I lay my life down for the sheep, which means the sheep have been imprisoned and locked by someone. The shepherd pays the price to unlock the, the, the gates. And now he goes in and leads the sheep. So the sheep are now slaves of the one who has set them free. If the one who set them free died at the unlocking of the door, who will lead the sheep? Think about it. So it was necessary that he resurrected so that he can still lead. Am I making sense? Are you getting it? He had to, he had to resurrect to lead the sheep out of the prison that they've been kept. Hallelujah. So, Christianity does not end on Good Friday. In fact, Christianity begins on Sunday, Easter Sunday. Because now, we are no longer slaves to sin and death. Because he said that for the wages of sin is death. So, if you stay in the pen... Or in a prison, you are going to die. But if you follow the new shepherd, the benefits of his following him as a slave is yours. The benefits of following that particular former slave was death and condemnation. I don't know where you're getting it. But now you have been set free from sin. Having become slaves to God, you have fruits of what? Holiness. So now the benefit of the resurrection is the fruit of holiness. It is not your holiness. It is not your righteousness lest anyone should boast. But our, because our righteousness is as filthy as rocks before him. But the holiness that we have is imputed through his death and resurrection. And life everlasting is now assured to you and I. Hallelujah. So we needed him to rise from the dead to lead us into eternal life. Because without him rising, we won't know the way to eternal life. Because we have to follow him. Because he is the good shepherd. I came that you may have life and have it 
more abundantly. I came to lead you to eternal life. If he paid the price with his life to open the gates, he has to rise up to lead us out to eternal life. Otherwise, we are still prisoners. Because if you don't know where you are going, anywhere you get to is a destination. How many understand that? So it means that we would have gone round and ended up in the same place. Because when the Israelites were let out of Egypt and they didn't know the destination, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They wandered. So that is exactly what would have happened to you and I. Without a shepherd, we would have wandered and wandered and ended up in death and damnation. But thank God. Thank God for the risen lamb. Thank God for the risen lamb. Thank God for the lamb that was slain. That is risen again. He is alive forever to lead us to a better place. Hallelujah. The second mystery. Are you understanding what Christianity is all about now? The resurrection was the greatest promise of hope. Jump to verse 29, Romans chapter 8. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Hallelujah. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he has called, he also justified. And whom he has justified, he also what? Glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he with him also, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore is what? Furthermore is what? who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. Amen. So the resurrection is the greatest hope we have because he has risen him and he has put him in a place as our intercessor. An intercessor is somebody who is praying for you consistently. Praying for you consistently. How many know that when you have a praying and intercessor, your life is, is channeled right? It doesn't matter what happens and what goes, what comes. You will end up at the right place because you have somebody who is an intercessor. Am I talking to somebody? If you have a, 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 a praying person behind you, life works for you. Yeah. That is why it's so important for us to join the midday prayers we pray. Become an intercessor because you are interceding for someone. They don't even know that you are interceding for them. But that is what is ordering the steps. The, the steps of a righteous man 
are ordered by God. Why are they ordered by God? How are they ordered by God? They are ordered by God because intercessor is there. Praying. So all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. For them that have an intercessor, everything is working for them. Why? Because there's a life-raising intercessor who consistently, night and day, intercedes for you and I. If he was dead, which intercessor would you and I have? I say if you were dead, which one would we have? He is alive to intercede for us. That is why it's important that we celebrate Easter. We celebrate his resurrection because we are saying that our Savior is alive and he is our intercessor. Interceding night and day. That's why you must not be afraid of any devil. Don't be afraid of any witch. Don't be afraid of any wizard. Don't be afraid. You know, some of us, when you, you it's one uh, relative is coming to visit, and so that relative is a witch. Then you start panicking. You start being afraid. You start. You go and take, uh, what do you call it? Holy water. <laughs> oh, pastor, pray for me. You are afraid. You have an intercessor. I say you have an intercessor. Every human intercessor will go to sleep at one point or the other. Every human intercessor at the point will get tired. But we have an intercessor who night and day, he lived to intercede for you and I. He never ever slumbers nor sleep. Hallelujah. He never slumbers or sleeps. He's always interceding for you. Even when we are not faithful, he cannot deny himself. He has to stay on the job for you and I. Oh, I want to introduce this Jesus to you. And I want you to develop a very close relationship with this Jesus. You know, if you have an intercessor, the, the best thing you can do is to have a relationship with him so that you can tell him some of the things that you need him to intercede for you. Oh, I don't know whether you understood what I said. You need to have a close relationship and tell him that, listen, I need you to help me in this area. Oh, because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I can this load of care. Listen, our resurrection, the resurrection is giving us two things. Hope for today and hope for tomorrow. Hallelujah. Can you take the echo out, please? Hope for today because today 
Hebrews 6, 19. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Hallelujah. So even for today, we have a pipe priest who atones for our sins daily. You know, the order of the priesthood of Melchizedek was the order we talked about the other day. The, the, the priest would take two goats, sacrifice one, and release the other. Are, are, you, are you getting what I'm saying? So now we have a high priest who daily is making atonement for us. That is why you must not allow the guilt of sin to weigh you down. Bible says that brand new mercies are given every day. His mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. Every morning he gives you brand new mercies. Why? Because you have a high priest. Of the order of Melchizedek, who is always taking a, 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 his blood. This time it's not a goat. He's using his own blood to intercede for you. To intercede for you. To intercede. He's, a, he's our forerunner. Even Jesus, our high priest. So he needed to be alive to become a high priest of our soul. Am I talking to somebody? And in the future, the significance of the mystery of the resurrection is that he has become the firstborn of the dead. Because he rose from the dead, he has paved the way so that you and I, at the sound of the trumpet, the Bible said this corrupt body will be put down in the place of an incorruptible body. We will take a new form at the resurrection. You will see me, I will see you. With a more glorified body than this one. Oh, I don't know whether you understand. He is the head, the body of the church, who from the beginning, the firstborn of the dead. That is, in all things, he is, he may have what? Preeminence. He's the firstborn. You are one of the latter bones of the resurrection. We have the hope. I have the hope. I have the future. Destiny that is yet awaiting me. Just begun, I have the hope. I have the hope. I have the future. I have the destiny. This yet awaiting me, my life's not over. And you begin to think, and I have a hope. I have this hope. God has a plan. It's not to help me, but it's to prosper me. And to hear me when I call, He intercedes for me. Working on the 
All right, all right. Let, let's, let's finish. The resurrection is the greatest proof that death has lost its power. Ephesians 4, 8. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to all men. Uh, I want you to look at this scripture again. Therefore, he says, when he ascended, he led captivity, what? Or say it again, captivity. What that scripture means is that there is something called captivity. There's something called what? There is something called captivity. And the job of captivity is to do what? Is to capture you. To hold you. The wages of sin, Romans 6, 23 says what? Is it 823? 623. The wages of sin is what? Death. And all have sinned. Which means that all of us are captives of the captivity. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. All of us will have to die because the wages of sin is death. So the captor or the prison warden is death. When you sin, the soul that sins must what? Die. But the Bible says that, therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. And he gave gifts to men. Go to verse 9. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Now, now this. He who ascended, what does it mean? But that he first also did what? Descended into the lower parts of the earth. What do you think he went to the lower parts of the earth to do? He went to capture sickness. Which are agents of the captor. Broken heartedness. Come here. Diseases. Come here. Stroke. Come here. Cancer. Come here. Hypertension. Come here. Impromptu accident, come here. Fire accident, come here. All those agents that the captor has, he descended into the lower part to catch all of them. And then he put them in chains. If he had remained in the lower parts, he would have been there with them. And we would have been none the wiser. None of us know what happens in the lower parts of the earth. The only time we will know what happens in the lower parts of the earth is that somebody who went to the lower parts of the earth will rise up and tell us that he led captivity captive. He ascended with them. And not only that, he left us with gifts. I don't know whether you, you understand what I'm saying. He took out the agent of sin, the agent of death, all the ones that death uses to capture us. Because not all of us will die with the same thing. So he took the agents, all the agents death uses, he captured them, took them captive, and released us. That is why the resurrection is very mysterious. Because it reminds us of the victory that we have in Christ Jesus.
so that we are no longer bound by sickness. We are no longer bound by any chain. We are no longer bound by any fetters of the enemy. We are released. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody put your hands together for the Lord.